Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And this week we are reanimated corpses because we are both dying. Yes, we're both not very well, so apologies. If you have any coughing, spluttering, sneezing, yawning, crying, anguished pain, (laughs) (laughs) it's Um, all going on. And this is how dedicated we are because we're still doing it. And to be honest, I'd just rather be in bed. Yeah, likewise, um, I think I could do sleep for another 500 years Yeah. and just wake up then and hope for the best. And you were ill today and you didn't even go to work, did you? No, dying of death. Um, but I'm dosed up to the eyeballs. I managed to drag my sorry ass to come and do this. So <sighs> we hope it's we hope it's worth it. We hope you enjoy it. This week... And if not, tough. Yeah, tough titties, <laughs> yeah, it's really. Tough because we're, it is what it is tonight. It is what it is. We didn't want you to go without your weekly dose. But this week, I'm going to be taking you to a location that you don't know. And you've never seen the film either. I've never seen the film. I really want to see the film. And I don't know how you've never seen, never seen the I, film. I don't know but... how I've never seen it. So we are visiting the Stanley Hotel, which is notorious for being the hotel used in The Shining. It was also the location where Stephen King was when he got the inspiration to write The Shining. Mm. So it inspired the film, the film was there and all the things in between. But the Stanley Hotel has a bit of a past Mm. and has its own ghost stories to tell. So it is dubbed as one of America's most haunted hotels and locations. And I'm going to give you just a, a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of history mm. on the establishment so you can understand what it's all about. And then I shall go in and give you some of the hauntings and some of the tales and things that have been going on. Yeah. So, the Stanley Hotel is a 140-room colonial revival hotel in S Park, Colorado. Mm. It's about five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park. You know that one? heard of it i know the john denver song colorado rocky man in high right well there you go I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not that too it's not too far from there um it was built by a man called freeland oscar stanley mm. and he is well he earned his money um through stanley steamer and that was um steam powered cars machinery all right thing, things like that so the the hotel opened July 4th, 1909 as a resort for upper class Easterners and as a health retreat for sufferers of pul- pulmon- pulmonary tuberculosis, which I reckon yeah, is what TB, we have now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... You said to me yesterday you thought you had pleurisy. I reckon I've got all of it. You've got all of it. You've been I've Googling, haven't you? You've been Dr. Google again. Um, the hotel and all of its surroundings are obviously... Um, of importance and it is on the National Register of Historical Places. By the way, I was told um, that in one of my previous lives I died of TB. Really? In America, weirdly. Oh, maybe, you, maybe you'd have visited here to... Yeah, um, I could little... have died. Yeah, maybe I was there in a past life. So as I go through this, you might have... Oh, a... if, if, any, if, if anything springs to mind, you <laughs> might remember something. <laughs> Welcome to our live regression session. <laughs> um, on my research for this, I found out a really interesting fact. So, underneath the hotel, there is a cave system that was used by the workers to move around easier. 
and in the cave system there is a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz which people believe capture energy, energy yeah. and um, holds on to the information and is partly um is part of why we think we have residual hauntings mm. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I do know that. Um, I have I have uh, seen that. Well, so because it's quartz is used as a basic transmitter for radio, television, and radar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so they think that it's that's part of why we we have them things. So maybe that's why. And, and it's the limestone as well. Well, this is the other thing I found about limestone. People are unsure on that, but they believe that limestone um, is often found with quartz. So they don't know whether it's both, one, oh, really? the other. Mm. But all, all of them have um, qualities that would um, indicate that it could happen. <laughs> I'd love to be able to give the science on it. I did read it. You were flinging going. your arms up there. So that's the expressions of, I'm trying to do my best. I don't really know what I'm <laughs> talking about. I wish you could see this on video. We both look hideous. It's ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. good, jo good job we're not live on a video. Otherwise well, I wouldn't be doing it because I've got no makeup on. Well, at least it'd be scary. Huh? At least it'd be scary. Oh, it'd definitely be scary. You can take State that mask off. You ain't got <laughs> <laughs> So, we're going to go back now very briefly to Freeland Oscar Stanley, and he's the man who built the place. So, in 1903, he was stricken with a resurgence of tuberculosis, mm. and the treatment that was recommended to him was fresh, dry air, plenty of sunlight and a hearty diet. So he took himself off to the Rocky Mountains yeah. because at that point there was nothing there. It was cabins and things like that. So it really was clean, clean, fresh, fresh air. Um, so he and his wife, Flora, arrived in Denver, Colorado in March. And in June, um, they moved on to the S Park where they um, built the Stanley Hotel. And he remained there for the rest of the summer. Over the season, his health improved dramatically. And he was so impressed by the beauty of his surroundings that he decided to return every year. Do you know, it's weird. I've been to Colorado, and if I'd have known that the Stanley Hotel was there, I would definitely have gone to find that. Oh, it's a cool I've place. I've missed a bloody trip You've there, missed a trip I? there, but yeah. you've never seen The Shining, so you wouldn't no, think... No, I've never I heard of it, but never, never watched it. So by 1907, Stanley had recovered completely from TB, uh, but he wasn't at this point content with his rustic accommodations. Is how I've it's how I've put it. Um, what, log cabin. You log cabins and things. The shack. The shack. So he decided to turn Etz Park into a resort town, and in 1907, uh, construction began on the five hundred thousand dollar hotel. And now we're talking 1907. Yeah, that's, that's a, a huge, serious day, yeah. Yeah, huge amount. Um, Initially, it was on an invitation-only gathering place, mm. and it was mainly for kind of socialites, people in his social the circle. Hoi Poloi. So the main hotel and the concert hall that we see now was completed in 1909, and the manor was completed in 1910. Now, because obviously he had his hand in steam-powered locomotives, he was able to... Um, produce a fleet of specially designed steam vehicles called mountain wagons um, that would bring people to the hotel and stuff, which was so, like really groundbreaking at the time. 
Um, so he continued to use this place and everyone would continue to go and enjoy it and be part of the, the fun and excitement and God knows what went on there. Mm. But he sold uh, the hotel in the early 1920s to a company who transformed it properly and officially into the hotel that we probably see now. Unfortunately, they went bust and uh, Freeland bought the property back a couple of years after, but eventually sold it to a friend who also made their fortune in automobiles and his name was Roe Emery and this was in the early 1930s. And it's from this point that the hotel exclusively only opened in the summer and closed during the winter. Now, if you'd have seen The Shining, that's quite a big point of the movie. So he's there as the caretaker during the winter. So there's yeah, nobody. Yeah, I've got a basic a, a base. of the film. I just haven't watched it yet. So, good old Freeland lived to the age of ninety-one and died of a heart attack in Newton, Massachusetts, uh, one year after his wife. And his spirit is said to still roam the hotel. Um, he's specifically often spotted in hotels billiard room and bar where he would often frequent frequent and enjoy um, his most time his wife is also known to uh, be seen in and around the hotel she's mostly seen and heard in the concert hall and because they believe that she is the spirit that plays the piano in the evening yeah which she would often do which she would do yeah which she would do she had an extensive repertoire of music hall, I heard. Well, I didn't know her personally, but I'm assuming so. She's played chopsticks no, over no, and listen. over and over. It's just my granddad always used to say, God bless him, before he died. I've got an extensive repertoire in music hall, because he used to love a little song. little sing song. Yeah. Well, it, it, him and Flora would probably have been friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, the kind of the hotel was pretty groundbreaking at the time. They'd spent a hell of a lot of money, even in today's standards, building, uh, building it. And it was one of the first in the world to be powered entirely by electricity. Mm. However, there was a lack of available power, which meant they needed to install auxiliary gas lighting. All right. Uh, in June 1911, the 25th of June to be precise. The day after all the pipes had been filled, an Don't explosion fire. Yeah. occurred that injured a maid and damaged the the hotel. So a chambermaid uh, was in a room directly above the dining room and was lighting the gas with a match. Uh, see, I was going to say, when you say putting in gas like that in them days, you just know it's a death trap. Well, there was a quite a mighty explosion and it tore a huge hole in the floor and... It caused uh, around ten thousand pound, well, ten thousand dollars, sorry, worth of damage. Again, big money. Uh, the poor chambermaid, Lizzie Wilson, had both of her ankles broken, and was quite severely concussed after she was thrown down through the hole in the floor into oh. the dining room. Mm. She did survive the blast. Mm. However, the room that she would have lit the auxiliary lighting system in mm. would now be what is known as room 217 mm. and 217 is one of the most haunted rooms in the stanley hotel and she is a regular spirit a regular haunt of room 217 and very, she's a very active spirit 
So guests often report that their items are being moved, luggage is being packed up, um, lights going on and off. Do we know when she died or if she stayed in the she hotel? She stayed on. She if, stayed on yeah. and continued her thing and she died... Um, she she later on so she probably yeah she died at some point at some she, point she you know she did die we can confirm that she died confirm. um i'm wondering i mean in those days if you had a job you kept it so she probably is a good chance she would have stayed there until till old age i mean you didn't swap around jobs in those days and especially those areas there wasn't that many jobs going i suppose no, and you know they're very it's a it's a quite it's a I'm nice just place to, and as wealthy yeah, people and i'm just trying to think in my brain why she would be there but yeah no it makes sense if she if she carried on working there and had a real attachment to the place yeah yeah um she's also as well known to be rather conservative and people say that she's not a huge fan of unmarried couples oh, who share well, beds well it wasn't allowed in them days and so people who aren't married Quite often we'll report feeling a cold presence in between them while they're in bed. Yeah. Uh, other people have uh, talked about also a feeling of a weight of someone sitting down on the end of the bed. Um, like, a, you know, when someone plops yeah, themselves down yeah. and they look up and that they find that nobody's there. Mm. Also as well, they believe that she continues her housekeeping duties. People often return to their rooms and find either all their luggage unpacked or packed up. All their shoes shoes lined up, um, beds made, and when no one's been in there. See, it's interesting. When I hear these ghost stories about ghosts that carry on working their job after death, it always interests me because I just wonder if, you know, because you think when you die, you'd give yourself a break. But it's interesting. Either they do it because they loved it or they're trapped doing it. I don't know. It's I don't know. I've always thought and this, about. And this one is, is strange. Because you could then turn around and say it's a residual, but it's an intelligent no, spirit. No, because if it's moving, it's moving yeah, things, so that's and not it's selectively picking yeah, so who to go get in between in yeah, bed and things like that. That's so, not residual then, so that must mean she's actively or maybe still working there. Maybe it's just a if she found enjoyment in her work and was happy and just is quite happy just to carry on. But I think when you do go to heaven. You know, it's so amazing up there. Why would you want to come back and carry on the work? I don't know. It's just something I've always thought about. And you always think it is a trap soul. Did she never go up in the first place? So she just really, you know, I mean, does she know she's dead? Because that would be the classic explanation. They carry on working because they don't know they're dead. Or maybe she was nicking all the little soaps and shampoos. <laughs> and this is her... Yeah, this is her penance. You never know. Um, shadows have also been seen uh, in the room and passing through walls. And this is because... Room 217 used to be a much larger suite mm. and it's been split. Yeah. So they're continuing their yeah. their job through what would be the original size of the room. Stephen King, when he came to visit the hotel, stayed in room 217. And he famously had a lucid nightmare about his young son being chased around the hotel. Um. There's, they have lots of guides and stuff here, and one of them said, well, a lot of them say that he was then jerked out of bed, went outside to smoke a cigarette, and that's when he started in his head yeah, putting together, putting the, together yeah. the, you know, from staying in this room and having this nightmare. And actually, that nightmare is is, 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 a, is a scene in the movie. I mean, that's great uh, material, isn't it, for people like Stephen King and Dean Arcoots? You know, your your nightmares or dreams. He's always going to be a, a source of material, I suppose. Um, 
the Stanley Hotel, like I've just kind of said, doesn't really shy away from their reputation as one of America's more haunted hotels. Mm. And um, they have, they really lean into it. They even have around the place posters with helpful tips to determine if the picture that you've captured on your phone contains a spirit or not. Mm -hmm. And they have that around openly around the hotel. So, you know, I think they realise that a lot of their clientele, yeah. They have many, many, many um, festivals and events, lots of them around Halloween, most of them Shining themed. Yeah. So this year they're having the Shining Ball which takes place the 23rd of October. They have a black tie Halloween ball on the 29th and 30th. And the picture of that is like a demon-looking man with big red claws and a crystal ball. Oh, yes. They really lean into it. They also offer multiple daily spirit tours. Um, And they have dedicated guides that will take people around the hotel, show them all the, the good spots and give them all the ghost stories that I'm giving them giving to you now, free of charge. You ain't got to pay for this. Uh, but you get to be on location and they take you take you round and stuff. Uh, the, the website as well also offers special bookings for rooms 401, 407, 428 and room 217. And they are sold as spirited rooms because mm. these are the like notoriously yeah. haunted locations in, in the hotel. The um the number plates though for these rooms are stolen um easily about once a week. Management have reported. Oh, what the numbers? The numbers. Door numbers. Yeah. yeah. So the um they have a good stock of numbers. So if you do go, don't worry about it. Take it if you want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also have an on-site psychic <laughs> called Madame Vera, oh. and she is available for consultations seven days a week. Yeah. I did try to have a little look about because often it is the staff and people that work places that have the best stories. Yeah. They are very, very hesitant to comment on any of the hauntings. Why? Because if, if, if the hotel is famous for it and it's encouraged, why would they be? I don't know. Maybe it adds to the mystery because they kind of give the staple response of we allow our guests to make up their own mind. Mm. And so, Rub it down their throat, but allow them to make up their own mind. I think it's probably that mixture of they still need to appeal to people wanting to just come stay in the hotel as yeah, well as yeah. their mm. paranormal audience because the paranormal audience isn't going to feel it all the time, Sustain every time. Every, yeah. And so they need to be able to say to normal people, look, listen, you know, people come, some say it is, some say it isn't. Mm. And I think probably just go around it that way. Now I'm going to go room by room now and give mm-hmm. you... So we mentioned the rooms earlier, so we're going to start with room 401. Okay. Now no one has ever seen the ghost that haunts this room. It's not a, it's not an apparition or anything, but he's known to be very, very friendly and very caring. Um, a little boy once stayed in the room and he kept kicking off his covers and every time that they did, the spirit would tuck his feet back in and tuck, he, tuck well, the blanket back under. If nobody's ever seen under. them, how do they know it's a man? Did I say him? Yeah. Them. Oh, they're not sure. Yeah. That's just me being presumptuous as a man. (laughs) (laughs) Shock horror. Um, Other guests have also reported being tucked in at night in this room. And, and that sounds like a lady. That doesn't sound like sounds, a bloody no, man. No, that is a lady. It's got to be a lady, isn't it? Yeah. Some say that the ghost likes to sit on the edge, edge of the bed as well. Um, people 
from what I've read online, have described this as the perfect room for someone who wants to experience paranormal activity but not be frightened by yeah, it yeah. and too scared to fall asleep. They said yeah. it, it's a very it's a very warm presence. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't feel nasty. Some like something will happen to you, but you you're not gonna like yeah. jump up screaming and run out of the room. Yeah. So that is room four oh one. Recommended. Room four one three. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, in room 413, there have been several guests who have reported seeing a man sitting in the corner of the room in an old-fashioned suit. Um, he is He doesn't move, react. Um, he doesn't feel nasty in presence. He, mm. he is literally just there in a very old-fashioned suit. Sitting. Just, and just sitting. Just sitting and doesn't do anything. Well, that could be residual energy then, couldn't it? I feel, I, I feel mm. that that is. Mm. Um, other people have reported though, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I thought I, I thought this was strange, that other people have reported that a blue ball is sometimes found outside the room, and when they see it, they see a man's face in the blue ball. Mm. Um, I can't find anyone say that they go to pick it up or you know if if it's a physical blue ball, mm. but I think that's odd mm. i don't know what i haven't really got an explanation for that it's not something i've come across before i mean is it a football is it a tennis ball shaped i mean we don't know i suppose no just a, a blue ball resting outside the room imagine i'm going to say like a like maybe like the size of a football but not with the hexagons on it do you like a smooth beach ball <laughs> yes i do know well, I, I can I can visualise what a blue ball looks, looks like. Obviously. Well, listen, so, you won't right, have yeah, blue, yeah. you won't have blue balls after you finish in the Stanley Hotel. Um, uh, it's just the size of the ball that I'm thinking about. Right. Well, listen. Well, it would I've, have to be quite big to get a man's face in it, I suppose, unless it was a tiny face. Well, let's think of Castaway and think of Wilson. Yeah, let's just think of that. Right. What is that? Right. Well, that. That's Have you heard of that a... before? Where is um, it? Is it, mater it materialising? Is it relevant? Is it exciting? Is it new? Is it different? Do you know what? I haven't got a clue, and uh, my brain isn't functioning properly, so I'm not sure I'm even bothered. But no, I, I, it's not something I think that's commonly. Um... Right. Skip. That has been told. Right. Drop dead, Fred. I'm now moving on to room 428. I'd like, I would like to point out before I carry on, mm. the majority of these hauntings, pardon me, one second. <coughs> He's got such a girly cough. Do, do another cough. Your girl cough. No, because then I'll start choking to death. <laughs> He's got such a girl cough. That was actually quite masculine that your cough is. Did you do that deliberately? Quite like a tough cough. Don't normally, you, you have a little <laughs> scream and everything. <laughs> um, no, it's a little high-pitched. <laughs> don't, because I'm going to start coughing again in a minute. Right. <laughs> The fourth floor I'm a bit is the most, not the most active, but a lot of the hauntings that are in rooms are on the fourth floor. Um, I don't know why. I just wanted to tell that to you. <laughs> I just wet myself a bit, I think. What was oh, funny Lord. about that? I don't even know. It's because, I, it's because I'm not well. I think I'm a bit delirious. I'm hot. Yeah. Right. I, I have got a um, a glass of red wine here because I just said to Fred I don't think I could do it otherwise. And I think I've had like literally three sips 
and, and it sends you around the bend. Yeah. Right. Lordy. You've heard it here Lordy. first, goes. Goes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wet myself. Like, full-blown wet myself. Right, can right, you go. stop it? No, will you stop it? It's not my fault. You insisted on doing it today. Room at 428. <laughs> there go is on. the ghost of a cowboy who frequents this room in the dead of the night. Mm. And much like the spirit in the room I just mentioned, which mm. was room 413, uh, yeah. he likes to sit in the corner mm. of the room. Sometimes he paces the floor. People think of him that he's quite the gentleman. Um, one couple even asked him to leave the room and he obliged and yeah. just got up and left. So he's obviously quite solid then. Yeah. Other ladies have awoken in the night to find him kissing their foreheads. Good night. Oh. No one knows his story, but everyone um, respects him. He's a nice ghost. He's a, he's a, he's a nice, nice, gentle cowboy. Mm. That's room 428. Nice. Out of all of them, which one would you rather stay in so uh, far? Cowboy. With the cowboy? Yeah. It's better if he was with... handsome or not, well, exactly. It, really? Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll have a little go. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Bing, bing, bing. I was actually thinking of the Bon Jovi song, not that one, but carry on. Save a horse, ride a cowboy? No. Save a... <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, this is a clean show. Right. Now we're, we're going down the corridor again to room 418. Right. And this particular room is haunted by uh, ghost children and they like to play with objects in the room. Guests often report having uh, lights flickering, hangers moving on their own. Uh, people uh, sometimes have the covers ripped off of them in the middle of the night. Yeah, hijinks. Yeah, all a bit playful. Uh, there was a young girl who stayed in the room a few years ago and she had told her mum in the morning that a young boy kept tickling her in the night but he left after she asked him to stop. Yeah. So far, all of the spirits are all kind of like... They're all quite, they're all quite active and they're, and they're all communicative. And they're not... Often when we do these stories and stuff, they're all like nasty and they've had a wicked life and they yeah. carry on being horrible. These are all seem quite jolly. They seem quite nice. Quite jolly, quite nice. I'm, I'm a fan so far. I think I'd rather stay with the cowboy, though. Mm, well, you definitely would want to stay with the cowboy. Now... I'm going to leave the rooms for a moment and I'm going to move on down to the concert hall, which actually Harry Houdini has performed in their concert mm -hmm. hall. Lots of different people have as well. Uh, so this is uh, an area that is very, very active and people often report hearing or feeling the touches of ghosts. There was a worker, and this is just this is one of the stories, there's a few stories connected to this place. So there was a worker who works there his, <laughs> and his name was Paul. Um, he used to be very well known for enforcing the 11pm curfew at the hotel for getting out of the, the concert hall. He passed away in 2005 from oh, a heart attack too long ago, on, on the job. And since then, people report... When you say on the job, do you mean on the job. horizontally or working? Working. Working at the hotel, right. And people, and this is quite often... Um, have reported to hear him telling you to get out, and um, why others have sworn... Again, you see, another an, a, another one come back still working there. Still working, still doing his thing. Other people have sworn that they've been pushed out the door, you know, like, come on, yeah, come on. like, ushering them out. Um, 
again, not mm. it's it's not um once once you know the backstory, if you stood in there and you didn't know that and you heard someone say get out, you'd be like, Oh Jesus, not again. Mm. But now that you now that you know that it, it doesn't it's not as frightening, is it? It's all quite pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, sorry. Um, this is also, uh, as we mentioned right at the beginning, is where Flora is heard playing the piano. Yeah. And that is Freeland's wife. Yeah. There is another ghost known to wander about the concert hall who they have named Lucy. Um, they don't know lots about it and there's lots of stories. And I can't find a definitive one that this is the answer. This is definitely what happened. Um, some people believe that she was a runaway or a homeless woman who had found refuge in the hall and was kicked out. Other people say that she was found in the hotel basement peeping at the construction plans and was thrown out into the snow and she'd froze to death. And th there's lots of varying stories. I don't know which one's true. But she is known, and she's maybe one of the more active spirits here, but she's known to regularly entertain ghost hunters and she follows lots of their requests she's most known for communicating with them through flashlights yeah um but yeah like i said people aren't a hundred percent sure what actually happened to her or where she come from why she's there but they call her lucy and she again is not a, a dark spirit in any way she comes across as quite playful there was, so she's around the concert hall and, and the basement area. And I will try and find the picture to show you, but I will post this on the social medias and stuff as well. But there was a ghost tour and there's a picture. And it's a very good picture and it shows a young girl in a hot pink dress. No one was wearing pink that was on the tour. There was no one, they didn't have a little girl on the tour with the yeah. Mever. And it's a, it's a really well-known mm. image from the Stanley Hotel. Now, I've got one last spirit for you from the Stanley Hotel. And that is where they have referred to him as the Stinky Man. Mm -hmm. But they've changed that now to Eddie. Right. So he they call him the Stinky Man because initially, when his presence was starting to be felt, he would present himself as a very foul odour. And, you know, stinky, stinky man. Mm. But they... People feel that he was a bit offended by that and that he switched tactics and then started to come across as a more pleasant smell. Oh. Thinking, I'm, you know, I'm getting their attention, but it's negative. Maybe if I start smelling like roses, they'll pay a little bit more attention oh. to me. Um, his presence, though, does cause discomfort. Um, people, will vis uh, psychics and mediums believe that to be that he led a life of hardship and... and that's how he's coming across and yeah you know he's also um he's known amongst the regulars and the staff as their resident prankster so he is found all over the hotel and he is known for kind of stroking people's hair smacking people's bums kissing people on the cheek um just being a bit of a mm. bit of a nuisance, moving things around, stealing the pens, taking the phones off the hook, mm. being a bit of a pest. Now, what's interesting about Eddie is that he only began to be known in the Stanley a few years ago. 
and there is no known connection to the property. Um, and he just appeared, and he hasn't left. Yeah. Mm. So that's interesting. Uh, people have kind of thought, uh, gone with the kind of hypothesis that maybe Lucy and Eddie are just a new demographic of deaths, and um, have just come to visit and yeah. just and just nipping in. That's it. They could just be nipping in. Yeah. Just nipping in. Yeah. Quite liked it. Thought they'd stay. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are. I mean, untold haunted rooms in this place. I've given you some of my favourite ones. Okay. So if you do want to um, see some more, if you go to the you know the Stanley Hotel website, you they've got a spirited room tour guide kind of thing, and it will lead you through um, some of the things that go on, some of the stories, some of the happenings, etc. But yeah, that's the that's the Stanley Hotel. So um, so what about the twins then? Because that's what you see in the adverts of the Shining movie. What was it, what was that, what was that all about? Uh, no connection to the real place. I think that's just part of oh, Stephen King's just... imagination. Yeah. Uh, I think really a lot of the what happens in the Shining is is just his imagination. There's no real connection. I think people have theorised that there's a scene where there's a woman in in the bath. And she's like all attractive and she gets out and then she's like a rotting corpse and stuff. Mm. Some people have kind of said that maybe that's linked to an apparition. One second. <coughs> but yeah, no real definitive stuff there. But yeah, that's a, the Stanley Hotel, Colorado. It's added to your lists of places you must visit, must see. Because it's actually a really like, nice location. The interior's lovely. They have some great events going on there, some great tours. People rave about it online. I read all the reviews. I think mm -hmm. they're, I'm pretty sure they're four and a half stars on TripAdvisor. Wow. Well. Can't get better than that. Need I say more? We're four and a half stars on Apple Podcasts and we're amazing. <laughs> so um, that's all you need to know. Is that out of five or ten? Five. If it was out of 10, I'd be livid. <laughs> I'd start causing riots. Um, so we're going to stop it there. We're going to keep it nice and short because... Question. Go. Would you, if you had to choose, rather be eaten alive by a shark yeah. or stung to death by hornets if you had to choose? I'd be eaten by a shark. Would you? Yeah. That was a really quick decision. Have you fucking excuse my language? Have you actually thought about that? Why? That, that's a well, that was decision. a no. That was a no brainer. Why? Well, it depends where the shark bites you first off, isn't it? If he bites you in half, it's all right. And if he bites your head off, it's even better. Yeah, I know. But we're gonna we're gonna go along the lines of no. Uh, you see it coming. Yeah. The terror. Yeah. That's probably he's gonna bite you off your leg first. You right. know that's gonna be quite a, a horrific experience. Yeah, Dragging you under, coming back up, script, you know. I know how to that, fight a shark, though. Punch, punch it in the nose. In the, on the nose, on the nozzle. Bang. You, but listen, <laughs> I think either way. Would you t right, okay, so assuming, assuming that you're in the right position. That I haven't got any hands. That you, exactly. Right, so we, so we need to change, right. Right, I mean, versus the hornets. To death by hornets. How many hornets is there? Well, enough to kill you. Ten? No, I'd say more than that. I'd say a nestful. 
Are they them big killer Asian horns? The big ones. Oh, see, I don't like that. I don't like being stung. But you go into anaphylactic shock quite quickly. Well, I'm not allergic to them. Yeah, but if you were stung by that many, something would, ha something would happen. I'd choose death by firing squad. Yeah, but that's, that's not on the table. That's not an option. Depends if you give the Hornet a gun or not, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've, but you know what? And here, oh. here lies the issue. You've mm. tapped into two fears of mine. I don't like water or deep water. No, you're terrified of water. So why would I be there in the first place? I'd be screaming before I even saw the shark and I'd probably die of a heart attack. Yeah, before the shark, yeah. Before the shark actually got me. You'd die if you said jellyfish. Jellyfish! Ah! Um, hornets... I don't like buzzy things. Yeah, but you we you do do a lot of field walking. Yeah, but and when they come at me, I like I do my little dance. You can hear hornets are so loud. I was sitting in the garden once, and what's that bloody noise? And it was a bloody giant hornet, and they are so loud. You know when those little little bastards. Yeah, I was going to say fuckers are coming. Little bastards. Um, I'm going to go with a hornet death if I had to choose. I was thinking about this quite a lot last night. Well, actually, I think, yeah, you're probably I right. I initially because, thought a shark because, and then I changed my mind. Because, like, the, like, a couple of stings probably don't hurt as much as losing a leg. I would One would assume. It depends, though. I watched this weird man who gets all of the world's, like, most poisonous things and most, like, vicious bites, mm. and he makes them bite him yeah I know. and there's I've this seen. there's this like one wasp that's a, like the equivalent to being shot so and i think that's a hornet so it depends what hornet you're talking about really yeah, i mean it? that's a yeah i've, I've seen something similar because that guy yeah and um yeah i have it i have exactly I, I know what you mean yeah right my next question to you is go if someone was to be killed by a plague of hornets yeah do you think that that death would be traumatic enough to induce a haunting? Yes. Do you think they would manifest themselves by producing hornets? <laughs> well, I mean, it's possible. I do you know? Do possible. you know of any hauntings like that where they? Well, obviously, do you know like that scene in The Exorcist where the, the it brings on all the flies? Yeah. Is there another haunting that you have heard of where they conjure? Animals, um, insects. Not off the top of my head, but I wouldn't like... I'd like to think on that. Um, but not off the top of my head, I can't... I can't think of anything. But I definitely think it's the one that The one that springs to mind is the flies with the exorcist. And uh, there's, but that, there's, there's, the flies come through the demonic and never demonic, to give yeah. haunting. So and, that, that's and, you a... know, and that's not a... You had maggots? Oh, God, yeah. Thousands of maggots and flies. Thousands. Not because not not through filth. <laughs> they, filth. They just appeared. Filth. Yeah. In the cage that was not in my not in my house now. No. I add. In in the cage. But you'll hear all about that in time. That'll be something that you'll all hear about. But yeah. They probably still know about it. That's an interesting one. Yeah. And my other question to you is. Mm. And I'm, we've, we touched on this the other day. When was we talking about cemeteries? Was it Highgate? We've talked about it a few times. Well, and do you know when I said we, I drive past it sometimes and I see people there and I think, and I wonder look, if that's yeah. a ghost. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many animals we hear and see 
that are ghosts. Well, that that leads me to what we touched on the other day about when I saw the ghost fox that ran straight underneath my car. But it was so obvious it was a ghost fox. Well, initially it wasn't, because obviously I just thought it was an albino fox. But then <coughs> it had the most amazing eyes. And as it got right up to the close to the car, the eyes were like diamonds. And I kind of braced to, to, to hit it. And... But this thing stopped and looked at me just before essentially I would have run it over. But I was only going about 20 miles an hour. But it actually ran underneath my car. But you, it was the most, one of the most magnificent, amazing experiences I've ever had. And I'll never forget it. it this, this fox was shimmering, shimmering white. Was it cold out? It, it was probably about October time, to be fair. Was it frosty? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't uh, <laughs> a fox covered in snow. Because that's... That's my explanation. No, for that but one. It, 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 well, in that case, I would have hit it if I'd have bloody run over it, wouldn't I? When I ran over it, but I didn't. There was nothing there. Um, so, yeah, ghost animals definitely exist. And, um, and I'm here for it. My friend, um, she, one of her cats died and they got a kitten. And then this kitten was playing with this ball of light. And they started recording it. And you can physically see, this is Kirsty and Neil, you can physically see this ball of light and this kitten playing with it and they swear it was their cat that died. Because I of course so. no animal spirits come back, but they record quite quite a lot of this, you know, stuff. You know, they're, they're not a paranormal pit, you know, they're not hunters or anything, but they, they, they were like, my God, what's that? And just started recording it. And you can visibly see this little kitten playing with a orb. Well, listen, it, yeah, it probably was the cat because this, all dogs go to heaven. And that's why you don't see them here. Yeah, but I mean, dogs can come back as well. I know, I've seen them. Yeah. Not personally. I've seen lots of stuff. Quite good stuff as well. And do you know what I think as well we're finding more and more is now that we've got everyone's kind of getting ring doorbells mm. and motion censored cameras and stuff, because it's it, so much that more stuff, evidence that stuff out. is really cheap now. Yeah, easy. Before that was really um, high tech equipment mm. and cost lots and lots of money mm. and unless you was living in Fort Knox you weren't going to get a motion activated camera no but now but that stuff now is really accessible to to lots of markets of people and so much stuff is captured now isn't it so listen I reckon we're about two and a half me. weeks away from an amazing discovery I mean but, but it still amazes me why people still don't believe in ghosts it still amazes me that there are still so many people out there that won't have a bar of it. And I'm like, really? There's so much evidence now. So much. And on that note, guys and gals, or goos, what did I say? Goes. <laughs> All my goes. We will see you next week. Remember as well, though, I will mention very, very quickly, is we have our very super exciting Halloween week coming up. That will start. Um, the beginning of Halloween week. <laughs> <laughs> that will start at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the Monday, the Monday before Halloween. I couldn't tell you what the date is. Let me click on the calendar. That doesn't work. Oh, we right. all, we've got an so we've got an episode. We've got an episode every night. An episode a day keeps very, the ghoulies away. Very, very, very different um, subjects as well, but all really good ones. All really good stuff. All really exciting. We are appreciative of you all. Please like, share, comment, rate, tell your friends, tell your aunties, tell your uncles, tell the lot, parents and carers. Just tell everyone, really. Mm. Only if you enjoy it, though. Um, 
And if you don't, as, as per, we don't want to know. Uh, uh, keep keep your tears. comments to yourself. Keep your comments to yourself. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. That's our motto. But if you love us, tell us, because I like it. We get messages we all like the it. time, don't we, saying, yeah. we love you, and we love yeah. that. And we love And we it, appreciate yeah. yous. So, um, yeah, please like, comment, share, give us a rating on whatever you're listening to us on. Follow all of our social medias. So we are on Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. We've got a TikTok. We've got the lot. Um, I will. We are going to do a live episode on TikTok, aren't we? Yeah. So maybe we need we need to get that organised at some point as well, and let our listeners know if they actually do want to see us live, then we can do that on TikTok. Yeah. <coughs> see, get to see the girly cough again. Pathetic. <coughs> pathetic um but i will post all of our handles <laughs> in the episode description below but we hope you have a blessed week i hope it's filled with prosperity and joy and don't forget as it's halloween month we know the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest so if you're going to see a ghost it's probably going to be this month so keep a look out everyone and keep your crucifix handy because you never know we're going um ghost hunting in uh, st Osith on saturday um the 30th aren't we yes so we're gonna we're gonna have be a little visit with of... a bit of equipment and have, have we got any well We've got some masking tape. You could tie it between trees and see if it moves. <laughs> you could call them and see if they run into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's uh, very professional. Listen, tried and tested in my house. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, God. I've got visions now of you and Jake with masking tape. <laughs> Running around with sheets on our head. <laughs> Catch, catch the Naked, ghost, we call Naked it. Naked from the waist down. Catch the ghost, we call that. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry, I've been saying to you for the last three minutes that we're going. We are going now. Yeah. Ciao. Bye.